Hey, everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver, and welcome. It's Wednesday night, time for Wednesday night case updates. I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, Christy is resting well. She's doing great. Uh, the pathology has come back, and the uh, the cancer had not gone anywhere but her uterus, so it's out and gone, and no further treatment needed. So, uh, honestly, best of all worlds, lots of good news. So she will be back next week. She's just taking this week off to uh, rest and heal, of course, as we, as we would want her to. But uh, she's certainly in the background. We've been, you know, discussing lots of true crime <laughs> and other things, but she's doing really good. So thanks to all of you guys for all of your care and concern. It is very appreciated for sure. I'm going to say hi to Barbara and Cranky and RJ. Oh. How's it going, guys? How's your week? I am worn out. <laughs> I've done it to myself, so no sympathy. But uh, my goodness, we have another witch's market tomorrow. And Scott and I have been just creating and creating and creating and creating. And it's good stuff. Like I have no, hey, Dawn, I have no argument whatsoever, except for that, holy moly, it's just so much. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah, it was fun to get him on. I was going to have him join us tonight, but he got called in to umpire. So they needed somebody for a couple of games. That's kind of hard to pass up. Plus, uh, he likes those guys. He doesn't like to leave them in the lurch when they need something. So he had to go ump a couple of games. And our heat has like, we cooled down and it was feeling kind of folly and beautiful. And now we're back in the 90s. So boo for that. So I don't, uh, I don't envy him. I'd much rather be here with you guys. I think he would too, actually, to be fair. <laughs> RJ said she's exhausted. It's been a stressful week. Yeah, agreed. Dawn too. It's just kind of the energy right now. Aw, thank you, Jessica. Hey, Fran, Janet. Good to see everybody. Yeah. And yes, Christy is doing awesome. 105 in Tucson. Oh, hard, fast. Tomorrow is September 1st, for God's sake. We got to be done. Do you want to see a few things I've been making? I'm not going to give you the whole tour because, like, seriously, it would take all night. But I'll show you a few things that are in front of me. I've been making these. These are really fun. They're aromatherapy car diffusers. So they're these cute little bottles. And I put a bunch of crystals in them. And then I developed three different blends. So you can pick uh, what kind of crystals you want and then which blend you want. But I have Happy AF. They're all AFs. <laughs> what am I, a teenager? No. <laughs> I have Calm AF, you know, for those road ragers in the car. And I have Grounded AF. You know, for those people who can't stay grounded enough to drive the damn car. That's me. Uh, <laughs> that's so me. Anyway, uh, I'm loving them all. So good stuff. I also have been working on this, uh, series of goddess 
art and I turned into candles this time and magnets. So I don't have the magnets in front of me, but I do have the candles. So they are prayer candles. This is goddess Rhiannon. Isn't she beautiful? And the Celtic goddess Brigitte. This is art that I designed, AI art that I designed and then uh, did some work on in, you know, the Photoshop. Here's Gaia. Well, there's Christy just sliding right into the chat. Here is Goddess Hathor. And one more. Freya. Yeah, I love these. I'm really excited about them. I hope they do well. So that's just a handful of things I've been working on. Lots of things. Yikes. <laughs> hey, Brandy and Colleen and Amanda. Good to see you guys. I'm excited about them. I put them on uh, the, the goddesses. I put them on a magnets too and they're so pretty the color is just it's really superb so anyway that's a handful of stuff and then tumblers i have i made a bunch of tumblers out of my own art as well my own ai art and i'm really excited to see how they do they just turned out in my opinion pretty exquisite so anyway i'll be back to report i'm sure so if you guys are coming to the Psychic Hour tomorrow night, it is a pre-record, though I will try and pop into the chat, and hopefully Christy will have a chance to as well. I will be at the Witch's Market. So I'm actually pre-recording that tonight after this show with our dear friend Kelly. Kelly is the astrologer that you guys have met in the Psychic Hour before, and she is a ton of fun. She has some uh, fun stuff she's going to come and do with me for the psychic hour for marching orders. So that'll be happening tomorrow night. Thanks, you guys. Cranky said she's being creative too. Amanda, I hope I sell out. Me too. I don't want to bring it all home. God, <laughs> it's so much work to take it there in the first place. Don't make me. <laughs> well, there is sure a lot going on in the crime world. Oh, good. Christy said, yes, she will be in the chat. Awesome. Well, I didn't figure you'd be at the, uh, Wishes market. It's a little too soon. <laughs> oh, Brandy, I hope you come to the market. I would love to give you a hug. Please come to the market. It would be great to see you. And any of you, if you want to hop a plane, you know, it's up to you. So in Wednesday's episode this morning, you guys learned that, or if you didn't, and that's why I'm going to talk about it now, uh, Downard Funeral Home. This is so crazy because two days ago, a listener sent me a message and said, I can't quit thinking about that stupid Downard Funeral Home case. Are they ever going to charge him? And I went, I don't know. They sure haven't done it. No shit. Two days later, this article comes out. So this is really exciting stuff. So, of course, this is the guy from Pocatello, Idaho, that had Downard Funeral Home who had a broken refrigerator and a broken incinerator or 
crematorium and wasn't was still accepting bodies and also had a bunch of uh, fetuses that had been taken there by ISU from their uh, science, the College of Science that were supposed to be uh, cremated that he'd never cremated. He just was storing there. There were a whole bunch of cremains that they couldn't even place. But worse, there were 12 bodies in various forms of decomp that they had to figure out who they were, who their families were, and what to do with them. It was horrifying. The whole thing was horrifying. Our whole area is still horrified about it. So, and people have been mad. They've been angry and upset that he's never been charged, right? I mean, come on, man. How do you get away with this? How? Well, you don't. Yesterday, finally, Peck was charged. He was charged. He's been charged with 66 misdemeanors. Now, don't worry. Everybody went, misdemeanors? What the hell? He deserves a lot more than a misdemeanor. Now, 66 of them will add up, let's be real. But what they said is that the statute of limitations on misdemeanors is a year. And the anniversary of this is right around the corner. So they had to get those charges in. So they did. It doesn't mean felony charges aren't coming. We anticipate that they are. But that is what happened. That, that's what's going on with that. It's really, I'm thrilled that there's finally some charges. We spoke to a woman just a couple of months ago who still does not know where her brother is. Another lady who still does not know where her husband is. They had a whole bunch of cremains in there that were unlabeled. I mean, isn't that like, I don't know, cremation 101? Unlabeled? No. They don't even know who they're supposed to give them to. Like, what the hell? It's all so sick and wrong and screwed up. And I've been worried that there wouldn't be charges only because his church really jumped to his uh, defense. And that might not seem like it matters a lot, but it matters a lot here where all of these communities are so heavily Mormon and, you know, and not to slam the Mormon church, it's this way in any, uh, you know, religious community, but the Mormons tend to stick together and take care of their own. And a lot of the people that from his church jumped to his defense, started claiming immediately that he's a really good guy and he was just trying to help out all of the indigents that couldn't pay for their own funerals and he just got really behind because of it. Because, you know, always blame the poor people. Always blame the poor people. My phlebotomist tried to tell me last year that all of those fetuses were from all of these whores that were coming in there with their uh, aborted babies and wanting them to be uh, incinerated. Like, what? For God's sake. Yeah. So, you know, blame the whores and the indigents. It's got to be their fault. Well, it's not. It's David Peck's fault because he's messed up, you know. Oh, Lance Peck. Sorry, not David. Lance Peck. It's because he's messed up in his head. He was still taking bodies when he knew he could not process them, when he knew he couldn't refrigerate them. He just kept getting them. Are you kidding? Anyway, uh, it's awful, but charges. So we will be all over that. <laughs> Good question, Paula. 
Do so many misdemeanors add up to a felony? Like five charges for the same type of the crime? Well, I think that they should. Right, Jessica? Did they just come in there and give birth there? Yeah, good question. But her parents are in his ward, in his branch of the church. And so they had nothing but wonderful things to say about Lance and that, you know, this couldn't possibly have been his fault. It had to be someone else's. So gross. Hey, fairy. Yeah. Yuck, yuck, yuck. All of it. Hey, Haley. Hey, squirrel. I know I've missed some people. Paula. <laughs> if I missed you, I'm so sorry. I'm glad that you guys are all here. Oh, no. Naughty, noisy puppies. At any rate, that is what's up. Talk about a perfect receipt for a recipe for a haunting. No kidding, right? For sure. Yes, the puppies have something to say. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, you know, they probably saw something wiggle in the front yard, you know. Uh, speaking of front yard, do you guys remember how I had that moose in the front yard like last month? We had fawns a couple of days ago. Fawns. Little baby deer. I mean, they're not terribly little, but they're still spotted. Oh, my hell, they were darling. I could have died. So cute. Where did the 50 whores come from? <laughs> Good question. It was probably the same whores over and over, Brandy. Just using it as birth control, you know. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, we had to talk about that because, holy shit, we'll just keep an eye on it. We'll keep going. Christy is doing awesome. Slow healing, you know, abdominal surgery. It's uh, It's no joke, but she's doing good, really good. And I love that you guys are just continuing to send your love and healing and prayers to her. You're, you're highly appreciated. I hope you know that. All right. Well, enough about Downard Funeral Home because uh, I was at a funeral home a couple of nights ago. One of our cousins passed and I went to the viewing with my our other sister. And I kept feeling like I could smell. Like all I can think now is Downard Funeral Home. She assured me there was no foul smell in there whatsoever. It smelled like flowers, but it's all I can... It's just in me now. Thanks a lot, Lance Peck. Yeah. Yes, the Kristen Smart case is heating up this week, Janet. The police linked, leaked info to the Your Own Backyard podcast while they had warrants to wiretap their phones and the mom talked. Paul Flores's mom. Yeah, that's going to get wild. We're keeping a close eye on that for sure. Also, the Pike Massacre. <laughs> The first thing they did, that this is the dad that's uh, going to trial now. And no one has been to trial yet because everyone else has pled and tell him. He's really defiant. Have you seen him? Ugh. Anyway, he, the first thing they did with the jury after they swore them in was take them on a field trip to a whole bunch of places that were significant in um, all of the killings. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's going to be wild. That's starting out really wild. So we'll keep a close eye on that one, too. Well, I wanted to update Irene Gakwa. So if you remember, Irene Gakwa is a woman from Kenya who was living in Gillette, Wyoming, with her then-boyfriend. And she vanished back in somewhere between September, sorry, between February and March. She vanished. And there is this group of women in Gillette that have been absolutely relentless. 
with the police, with the uh, the boyfriend. He's had a bunch of charges, not against her uh, disappearance as of yet, but about all of the shit he did with her money and her uh, accounts after she disappeared. Yeah, nice. So there is that. His name is Nathan Heitman, by the way. Uh, they have been, they survey Nathan. They know where he's at, what he's doing. And they have lined Nathan Street and lots of other streets with signs demanding to know where is Irene. And they have kept the power or the, uh, kept the screws down heartily on the police there. Like they're not letting this go away. Absolutely not letting this go away. So the police acting on a tip have hired, just recently hired cadaver dogs to come out. So it's the Goshen County search and rescue uh, team brought out some cadaver dogs from Northern Wyoming to do a search of a lake. So it's a place called McMahon Park and around the edge of the lake. And there's no uh, for surety whether they did or didn't find anything. It's, I think it's likely at this point they didn't because we haven't heard a thing. But they are trying. And I just, my hats are off to these ladies. They don't even know Irene. But they know she went missing from their community and that's enough. And they are just relentless. I'm so proud of them. Dazzled by them. This is how it's done. So to take a page out of their book, or maybe not, but similarly, in Oakley Carlson's case, there is a group of people who have put together some funds and are working on getting some big signs printed, asking where the hell is Oakley, essentially. It probably won't say exactly that, but that's how I see it in my head. And they are placing it along the road to and from that house, you know, because her dad's out of jail now. And along the road that her grandparents drive to work every day. Because don't you think it's a little sus? His parents live not too far from him, the Carlsons. Where are they? They haven't been at a single search party or a rally. They haven't made a public statement. They haven't done a single thing to help look for Oakley. Why would that be? Why the hell would that be? If your grandchild was missing, wouldn't you be involved in the search? Hell, wouldn't you have let the police know she was missing? Hold on, I'm going to shut my office door. Apparently these guys can't knock it off. There we go. I gave him a chance and they blew it. I don't know what's going out on out front, but it must be serious. I'll bet they saw a cat. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I found it very interesting that her his parents live near them because we haven't heard a peep out of them. Their community hasn't. People are disgusted. They're over it. They're so pissed that he's out of jail and that nothing seems to be happening. 
it may not be true. It could be that there's a lot of work going on in the background, but at this point, the community's had it, absolutely had it. Yep. So that's an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. I'm really proud of these communities that just refuse to be shut down. And that's actually one thing that I wanted to discuss tonight. And that is from the Jalissa Fuentes case. So Jalissa, we covered her last week. She's the 22-year-old woman that's missing from Selma, California. She's the one who adventures with purpose. We're going to go and search for her in uh, something Pines Lake and Avocado Lake after they found, of course, uh, Kylie, right? Well, they didn't find Jalissa. They searched both of those lakes. She's not there. The police seem to have another lead or ping that they are uh, not talking about. That's about all we know on that, except for that the police have now declared this a criminal matter. So I don't know that that means that they know more, uh, you know, than, than the family does at this point or whatnot. They could. Or if it's just based on the fact that she wasn't in any of the likely areas that they thought that she could be. If she was in either of those lakes, Adventures with Purpose would have found her. I, I'm confident on that. But no, not. She's not. So the search goes on for Jolissa. But their community has been amazing. They had businesses coming out of the woodwork to feed Adventures with Purpose and, and take care of them while they were in town. They have had people doing all kinds of hanging flyers, printing flyers. Last week, there was a lady that was sublimating the missing flyer onto t-shirts and handing them out. There's been a lot of effort on the part of their community. They deserve some recognition for that as well, because these things are so hard. And with Jolissa, there doesn't seem to be a fast and easy answer. So still holding space that they are able to answer this, but yeah. True, Paula, it is like the Rexburg community and surrounding area that rallied to find Tylee and JJ. Yeah, even though they only lived here for a month, none of us knew them. Very few people had ever even seen them, but they were kids that disappeared in our community, and by God, we weren't having it, right? We're still not. And that is a good segue, thanks, Paula, <laughs> into what's going on with Dave Valvalo. Some interesting stuff. First of all, there was a hearing today. Did you know? Well, we didn't do anything with it because it was yet another behind closed doors deal. This was another attempt on the part of Mr. Pryor, Chad's attorney, to get uh, both Prosecutor Smith and Prosecutor Woods thrown off the case. It is never ending. I better never have to hear another damn word out of Pryor that he just doesn't have enough time when this is all he freaking does. It's all he does. It's ridiculous. It's done and done. He's, it's been answered. Means tried it. He was denied. Pryor tried it. He was denied, but the judge left the door open for an appeal, and he immediately appealed, and that's what they met about today. 
they are really treading into dangerous, unconstitutional waters here by doing these closed hearings. This is illegal, and it's not good. It's not good because essentially what it's going to do is it could open the door for appeals down the road. The judge needs to knock it off. He has got, got to get some balls. He has in some ways, but right now, I am unimpressed. I am disgusted. This is absolutely crazy talk. But especially these cases, who is he protecting? When we're talking about evidence that a defense attorney is trying to bring to the president that could potentially disqualify prosecutors, we, the public, the voters, the taxpayers, we deserve to know why. Now, if those things are found to be erroneous, which, uh, you know, in these cases, I suspect they probably are because this has kind of been Pryor's MO, that's okay. That just reflects back on Pryor. But the fact that they keep getting to do this stuff behind closed doors is really, really wrong. Part of the thing that really bothers me about it is that I have to wonder who the judge is protecting in all of this, for one. But also... If Pryor knows that this is behind closed doors, what prevents him from slinging an outrageous amount of mud because no one's even going to see it? The judge will, and he can rule yay or nay, but there's no accountability to anybody the way this is being handled, and it's wrong. So if that bothers you, prepare to be more bothered because tomorrow there's a surprise hearing for Lori, also behind closed doors. Yeah. Very concerned that Lori has one foot back in the mental hospital. I think she does. If she doesn't end up back in the mental hospital in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be really surprised. I suspect that is where we are headed. After all of that crazy shit in court, I don't know. But all that crazy shit in court has now come up. Lori's attorneys filed a brief today requesting that the judge ban cameras from the courtroom through the duration of the trial. Why? Because they didn't like the fact that in the last hearing, it was court TV that had the main camera and then everybody else had piggybacked onto them. They kept most of the camera trained on Lori's face. You guys know that. We discussed it. We aired it, too. But we also discussed the fact that um, I didn't like it. Like, looking at Lori's face is fine. I mean, it's not. It sucks. But, you know, that's fine. (laughs) But I wanted to see the reactions of the judge, of the, uh, the prosecution. I wanted to see everybody's faces. I want to read them all. Not just Crazy Pants McGee over there. But that's what they chose to do. Most of the camera was trained on her face. And her attorneys didn't like it. They said that that uh, could have caused a violation of a violation of attorney-client privilege because she was speaking to her attorneys. And they didn't know if anything she said made it over the camera. It didn't. They said that because the press has 
violated Lori's rights, that they have forfeited their right to be in the courtroom. No. No, they haven't. First of all, the placement of those cameras was approved by the judge beforehand. According to Nate Eaton, who was a part of this, it was Court TV that did the filming, but they also had a still camera and a uh, photographer in the room. The judge approved the placement of the still cameras, of the uh, remote cameras. He approved it all. Did the media violate Lori's rights? No, they didn't. Could it be prejudicial to a jury that uh, in these hearings that she's laughing when they're discussing her dead son? Maybe, but isn't that on her? So it is concerning. Now, in Idaho, typically, we do allow cameras in the courtroom. Now, it's possible. They said if the judge won't kick cameras out of the courtroom completely, they want to have a say in placement, that they don't want cameras trained directly on their client, that the camera should be in a specific spot that gets the whole room. Maybe. Then again, maybe not. Also, if they're going to do that, they better get some bigger courtrooms because a whole lot of people want to be involved. A whole lot of people want to witness this. They want to see this. And if you're not going to allow it to be streamed and filmed, you're going to have a lot more people showing up. So, again, I didn't like the camera placement either. I thought it was weird. But they didn't break the law. Also, this is not a one strike and you're out kind of situation. The press are not some teenagers who decided to send nudes and are caught and don't get to have a cell phone anymore. They don't just lose their privileges because somebody doesn't like what they did. That's not how any of this works. Now, the brief supposedly was filed by Archibald and, uh, oh, somebody help me, Lori's other attorney. This is some hysterical shit, and I'm going to guess I know who wrote it, and it's not Archibald, because this is not his jam at all. So, we'll see. I mean, what do they have to say about all of the footage that made it on the internet? About Lori's behavior walking in and out of the courtroom. We're not allowed. Oh, Thomas. Thank you, John Thomas. Good job, you guys. I knew somebody would know. <laughs> it's just only so much, you know, that fits. And somehow, John Thomas coming late to the game. I just cannot remember his name. This, to me, has Thomas written all over it. After his behavior in that courtroom, he's probably more mad about that getting on the internet and everyone having a pretty good laugh at his hysteria, but maybe not. Maybe he doesn't care at all. But again, even if there was no footage of Lori from the courtroom, her behavior coming in and out of the courtroom, acting like she was a movie star with the paparazzi yapping at her heels, was bad enough. We'll see what happens. This judge, is, uh, he's made some pretty questionable rulings as of late about uh, the public being present in the first place. And we'll see what happens. If I have to start driving to St. Anthony and sitting through the courtroom every time these guys are in court, I will do that and come back and report. I will. I kind of hope I don't have to, though. I mean, come on. 
There are laws in this country for a reason. I'm so tired of them being so damn subjective. So we'll see what happens. And we'll keep you abreast. But this uh, hearing tomorrow for Lori concerns me a lot. A lot. Because she acted like she was crazy, you guys. I mean, it's easy to think that she was just, uh, you know, loving the camera and gloating the whole time. And she was. But there was more to it than that. She is... Her mental health is extremely fragile, and I'm not convinced right now. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, yeah, probably written by Thomas, who, yeah, was gloating about the overturning of Roe. Yeah, whatever that was. Like, why? <laughs> Having to throw that into that conversation? Okay, John, I guess. Okay. A couple, last week I reported on some people in New Zealand that bought out part of the contents of a storage unit. And the contents of that storage unit contained some suitcases. And the contents of it was dropped off at their home. And as they're going through all the stuff from the unit, they open up these suitcases and discover dead bodies inside. That's everyone's worst nightmare when it comes to storage units, right? Well, Initially, the police had said that they were definitely children. Now, we're learning that the police know who the children are. So, their family has requested that their names be withheld. That's fine. They were some time, both children were somewhere between 5 and 10 years old when they died. They believe they have both been dead for somewhere between 3 and 4 years. The mother is living in South Korea, and they're working with the Seoul police to uh, work together, uh, to cooperate with them through Interpol on their investigation, and they're treating it as a homicide. So that's what we know so far about that. Uh, that is quite a deal. It's really sad. But it, I'm... I'm convinced, I'm encouraged, because my hot take, and now I don't live there, and those of you that do may have a little different one, what we've seen so far, especially over the last maybe 10 years from the police in New Zealand, is that they're pretty relentless. So I'm hoping that they will, I mean, so far so good, they've already identified these kids. They're on a roll. So we'll see what happens with that. So someone who frequently sits atop the FOS list, Ghislaine Maxwell. Let's talk about that dumb bitch. Okay. <laughs> Her attorneys haven't been paid. And apparently there was some real worry about them not getting paid kind of from the get-go. So her brother, Kevin, said, no worries. I will guarantee this. I will guarantee this. You will get paid, no matter what. Well, hard nope. Elaine Maxwell owes her attorneys nearly $900,000. So, you know, almost a million. And she's not paying them. And they have about had it. So they have finally filed suit. Apparently, the day the trial started, there was some real unrest in her legal team because they were worried that they were not going to get paid. And that's when her brother stepped forward and said, no, 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 no. I will make sure. He sat down with one of their shareholders 
uh, of that legal firm and guaranteed them payment. Well, nope. So they're suing Ghislaine and her brother. They're also suing her husband. They said that her husband or ex-husband now or whatnot, that's been very uh, uh, convoluted. But what we do know is that they are also suing him because they're saying that he has made a lot of attempts to hide her assets. And that they do believe that there's enough money in her estate to pay them. But he's kind of shifting it around and hiding it because, well, you know, He'd like to keep it. Yeah. Yep. Pretty gross. Agreed, Jessica. She didn't like the sentence, so now she's not paying. Yep. That's my thought, too. So we'll see what happens, I guess. Sucks to suck, huh? I don't think this should come as any big surprise to those attorneys. It doesn't come as a surprise to me. Does it surprise any of you? I kind of doubt it. I think we've all been pretty clear on uh, what Ghislaine is up to and who's, what she's all about. And it's Ghislaine, right? There's only one person she likes, and that is herself. And she's not taking care of anybody else. Though I think it's pretty interesting that her uh, significant other is working so hard to hang on to her cash, you know, because it's his now. Or at least he thinks so. So we'll watch it play out. We'll see what happens. Nicholas Alaverdian, uh, another frequent player on the FOS list, is uh, accusing Scotland of very unfair treatment of him. They are holding him now in, in a jail. He is coughing up blood. He is very ill and they won't let him return home. Oh, honey, they're trying to let you return home. Clear to Utah. United States, you know, where you raped all those girls. That's the home you're coming home to, Nick. Still no extradition, though, but we're watching it. Speaking of Ghislaine Maxwell, Stephen Hoffenberg. Does that name sound familiar? Maybe, maybe not. He was a debt baron who ran a huge fraud. Well, he died. Why does it matter? Oh, he was a longtime business associate and mentor of guess who? Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Some more of these disgusting people. Well, apparently Hoffenberg uh, did a pretty good stint in prison. 18 years. He's only been out of prison for two years. He's 77. He was living in a modest apartment in Derby, Connecticut. You know, because he doesn't have any money left. Yeah. Well, he died. And sadly, when his sister or daughter discovered he died, he had been dead in his apartment for a week. I'm just guessing he doesn't have much. Didn't have much as far as people are concerned or friends who are concerned or family who are all that concerned with him these days. Sounds like he was quite the con artist. He conned everybody around him. But, you know, he managed to stay friends with people like Epstein and continue to con people and spend other people's money. 
So good riddance to bad rubbish. Sometimes the trash does take itself out. So bye-bye. He actually pled guilty to five counts of conspiracy to commit securities fraud and conspiracy to obstruct justice. That's what all of that prison time was about. He said that he wanted to spare himself the trauma, embarrassment, and expense of a trial. Well, gosh. Mm-hmm. However, since he left prison, he has said publicly that he told the grand jury it was Epstein, who was not charged in the case and should have been, and who had engineered the transactions that kept his scheme alive. Now, isn't that something? How is it? How is it that Epstein just kept getting protected around every turn? Oh, I guess it was because of all the people he was running with that had a lot to lose. Yeah, so they kept him out of trouble so that they would keep his lips shut. Now, was it foul play? It looks like it was not. He was 77. Now, we don't know that for sure. And we don't really, we don't know exactly how he died. It looks like they're calling it natural causes at this point. But would we put anything past these people? No. No, we wouldn't. I think it's absolutely amazing, to be honest, that Ghislaine Maxwell is still alive. After all of this, I think it's pretty astonishing, to be honest. I do. But there you go. So again, sucks to suck. All right. Well, someone else who sucks supremely, Larry Miliette. This fool, of course, who has been charged with the murder of his wife, Maya. Though her body has not been found. Well, he had a competency hearing today, and it's a competency hearing that's been put off. Apparently, there's some pretty serious question right now about whether he is sane enough to stand trial. Very concerning. Well, today, the competency hearing did not happen because the forensic psychologists that have examined him weren't ready. So they needed a couple more days before they would be ready to testify in court. So it's been put off yet again. Her family is terribly frustrated over the delay. They were there in court. Uh, NBC News uh, San Diego was there and interviewed them. And they said, it's taking longer than we were hoping. We are not giving up on our sister uh, with tears. Uh, they do not believe, her family does not believe that Larry's mentally incompetent at all. They feel like it's just a delay tactic. And they're really frustrated that this just keeps happening. But uh, they don't have a body. And getting a conviction without a body is hard. And also, where the hell is Maya? Where is she? Her family deserves that closure. Her children deserve that closure because someday they're going to be old enough to understand that their mother was murdered. And at that point, they deserve to know what happened to her. They deserve to have a place to pay their respects to her. And at this point, we don't know if that's going to happen. Yep. Really frustrating, I think. But what do you do? What do you do? 
Yep. One thing that we forgot to report on last week is that uh, the police chief at Uvalde has finally been removed from his job. It only took the whole damn summer that for them to decide that he was not competent. I mean, the whole summer and a whole bunch of deceased children and teachers, but okay, I digress. I can't believe it took them that long to go, you know, I don't know. I don't know if his response to this was adequate. I don't know. Maybe we should. Yeah, you think? Do you think any kids want to go back to school this fall in this district with this guy in charge? I don't think so. So he has finally been relieved of his job. Which is big. That's important. So that's what's going on with that one. And that actually happened before last week. And I forgot. So there you go. And believe it or not, that's what I have. (laughs) It goes faster when you're by yourself. (laughs) So uh, those are all the cases that I came with. Do you guys have anything you want to... Uh, address or share or bring to my attention. There's always cases going down. Sometimes I don't see them all. It would be impossible to, I think. But uh, that's what I found. Lots of stuff. I think that we'll see a lot of trials start picking up this fall. You know, July was pretty slow news-wise, and August has been a little busier. But you can see where there's kind of some holes in the, you know, in the system where people are on vacation and stuff as far as the courts are concerned anyway, and where they start picking back up. But yeah. Well, don't forget tomorrow night, the psychic hour at seven mountain time. If you are, uh, if you subscribe to us over on YouTube, or if you're a patron, you can always find it on Patreon as well. That will be a pre-record. That is something that I'm going to record this evening with our dear friend, Kelly, and it's marching orders. So we're going to have some fun. Kelly has two decks out. So we're going to play with her decks and talk about the scopes that she writes called Bitch Scopes. And of course, do that reading. Oh, yeah. The Idaho legislator who got sentenced for his rape conviction, Paula. This is the big one. McEllinger, I believe is his name. Or Ellinger. I think it's Ellinger, not Muck Ellinger. Maybe it's Muck. Who knows? Oh, (laughs) Christy just sent me this. How funny. Okay. Yeah, Ellinger. Aaron Von Ellinger. Oh, not Muck. Von. (laughs) So this is the guy who had, he was an Idaho legislator and was accused of rape. And some other Idaho legislators had popped in and have, oh my God, they've been horrifying. Blaming the victim, one of the, uh, from Northern Idaho, a legislator, she actually named the victim and called her out publicly. The way they've handled it has been so disgusting. And this guy is awful. He's absolutely awful. So two things that Von Ellinger has referred to himself as is a victim of the system, of course, and a hero. The judge let him know that he doesn't think he's a victim or a hero. The person that he raped was 19. She was an intern. And she forced he forced her to perform oral sex on him at his Boise apartment. 
And then, of course, you know, enjoyed the protection of his party. For a good long time, this girl was called out publicly. She was humiliated. She was called a liar and other things. And I'm really glad, really glad. Now, did he get enough? He got 20 years. It's likely he'll spend up to 12 years on parole. He has to pay a $5,000 fine, $2,000 in restitution. I don't think he'll actually do 20 years. So it looks like uh, at least 15 years in prison with 25 to be spent on parole is what it looks like he'll actually serve. But we'll see. You know how it goes. But I'm really glad, really glad that... uh, he at least got found guilty and got sentenced with something because the way the politicians in Idaho have handled this is appalling. I know, not a surprise. Oh, Fran, yes. The Al- Alabama has told Cassie Carley's family that the autopsy, remember Cassie Carley? She was the one who was uh, allegedly murdered by her boyfriend. He took her across state lines and buried her in a barn. You guys remember this case? It happened earlier this year. Well, her autopsy has never come back. It's been months. They're saying 30 to 60 days. And her family's frustrated. They're like, what could possibly take this long? But they're still working on it. So at least that's coming. Yep. Ooh, cranky. I haven't either. She said, I've heard nothing about that stepmom in Colorado who killed her stepson and dumped him along the Florida highway. I haven't either. I'll have to go look it up. I don't know. Okay. Adventures with Purpose released their podcast on Kylie Rodney today uh, to the public. And yeah, they think that this is looking like foul play because of the way the car was positioned, because of broken windows, because of where Kylie was. It makes no sense why she didn't get out of the car. There were broken windows. And she was in the back seat. And there's some real questions right now and concerns about why and how did she not get out and what happened in that car. So very interesting. There's a bunch of anger being thrown at Adventures with Purpose right now from some people in the Kylie Rodney camp that I think we should be very careful about. Some of her family is mad, or people are saying they're mad. I don't want to speak for the family because they're saying that they didn't let them know right away. And that uh, basically they made their announcement that they had found Kylie before all the family had been notified and people were pissed off about that. So what Adventures with Purpose is saying is that their contact point was the aunt and that they did let the aunt know and that the aunt was supposed to let her parents know and she didn't. And now she says, oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to be, you know, relaying that information. I was just in such a state of shock when they told me I didn't know what to do. I didn't pass that info along. But there's been some ugliness thrown at Adventures with Purpose. And I think that uh, people should knock it off. 
because these people are volunteers. They are not law enforcement. They are not professionals. They are not held to the standard that you might think they should be when it comes to this stuff. They are just there to help out. And if you want to make their lives miserable over what they did or didn't do when they located this girl that law enforcement could not find, well, maybe they'll stop doing it. Now, I don't think that's really true. Except for that, why? Why be throwing hate at these guys? They don't deserve that. And it sounds like they did what they thought was right by contacting the ant, and it's the ant is the point where the ball got dropped. Now, it's all hearsay at this point, but those are the things that I am hearing. Yeah. Exactly, Janet. If you don't want them to help on any more current cases, exactly. Knock it off. Do not throw any hate these people's way. They don't deserve it. They're volunteers for Christ's sake. They're doing the best they can. If her parents didn't get notified the way they wanted to be, I'm very sorry for that. And I'm very sorry for their loss. But this is ridiculous. They're doing the best they can. And again, don't hold them to the same standard that you would law enforcement. They are not law enforcement. So... That's my rant on that. It bothers me a lot. We don't need to be demonizing these guys and we don't need to be harassing them over what they did or didn't do in the Kylie Rodney case. What they did do was find her. Yeah, they're volunteers. They risk their lives. They give their time. They give their money and they solve these cases. Let's just be glad for that and knock it off. Yeah. People want to be mad. They want to be mad. People look for reasons to be mad. And in the case of a missing teenager who's finally found, her parents are mad at the world. Of course they are. They have every right to be. And I'm not judging them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not intending to judge them. But I think that everyone should be very careful about what kind of uh, vitriol goes their way. So, that's where I am. And I don't even know if it's the parents so much as it's other people who like to cause trouble that are stirring up some shit. I think that's probably what's more true. I would imagine her parents are going to be eternally grateful for these guys for finding their daughter. Because now, now they at least know where she is. And hopefully with some good police work, they'll be able to learn what happened to her. Yep. Yeah, they would still not know without Adventures with Purpose. So... Anyway, oh, Letitia Stotch, you know, how have I not been in, I have not studied that case very much, and I should, I agree, you guys have brought it up before, and I don't know how it keeps falling through my cracks. Uh, oh, JR said she's causing a lot of issues in court and arguing about her mental state. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure. Yeah, she could have been in that lake for decades, Fran, agreed. Yep. Okay. Many of you are saying that Letitia is absolutely crazy and it's a very messed up case. I guess I better do some research and get current. What am I been what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching this one too, Janet. The only fans model who stabbed her boyfriend to death was arrested in Hawaii and she's being extradited back to Florida. That's an interesting one for sure. Boy, she is a jerk. Holy moly. 
there's some video of her attacking him in an ele elevator at their, I think at their apartment building, that is shocking. And of course, you know, there are some that uh, say that he was the batterer. There are others that, uh, you know, in their circle that say, uh, no, she was horrifying to him. She was always mean to him. People weren't super surprised this happened. So we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> maybe Letitia and Lori should be cellmates. Whew. Yeah, maybe so. Now that would be, that would be a marriage made in hell. Kind of like Chad and Lori. So why not? Yeah. Oh, they were about to be evicted too. Where was all her money going? Wow. <laughs> Cranky says, what the fuck is wrong with people? Cranky, that's like the going question of the day, right? <laughs> what is wrong with people in general? What is wrong with people? It's hard to say. Yeah. Oh, due to many disturbances, Janet said. Oh, really? Ah, okay. I had read something from neighbors saying that they had heard many fights from them. And then some people that had lived, uh, that were neighbors of them when I think they lived in Texas before they were in Florida, who also said that they were constantly fighting. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one too. So, well, guys, I am going to leave it at that. So thank you so much for joining me. If you're listening to an archive or a replay, I want to thank you too. And of course, thank all of my live chatters as well. You can look forward to Christy being back with me next week. I know I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I know Scott's looking forward to it. He did a great job though. But, uh, you know, my true crime time is typically his uh, working out in the shop time. So we've seriously impeded on him. Not really. I mean, I did all the work. All he had to do is sit here and look cute. And he did it. He was fine. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate you more than I can ever say. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care.